Welcome to the Ministership Life again. We thank you for joining us and um, above all, thanking the Lord for having led you this way. And, and above that too is thanking the Lord for the utterance that he has for today because really his word is living. His word is alive. His word is active. His word is what puts everything together in a beautiful way for us. His word is our treasure. His word is our life. And so we are about the word of God. We are about this preciousness of that which he has written, of that which he has uttered, of that which is pronounced as freedom to us. To those who believe on him, to those that have received him, we have now the authority to be called children of God, <laughs> to have the authority to be called children of God. And so today we have a message and praise the Lord for this message. And the message is do not, do not take the pressure. Do not take the pressure. <laughs> All of us can inhale, exhale in our natural and say, hey, 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 if God be for us, who can be against us? And so today we refuse the pressure of the moment. We refuse the pressure of the hour. We refuse the pressures that the enemy wants to dish our way through condemnation, through rejection, through whatever the weapon might be. It will avail absolutely nothing because we are in Christ and in Christ we have the shield of faith to extinguish all the fiery darts, right? Right? All the fiery darts. And so we're hooked in, we're tuned in, we're fully alive to this word because this word is our life. And so I've been talking about, do not worry. Talking about Casting our care on the Lord because he cares for us. And so really I'm continuing on the theme and the theme is do not take the pressure. The pressure of what? The pressure to worry. The pressure to take the care. The pressure to figure out your little, little life in light of what's going out, out there. Do not take the pressure. Well, the opposite of taking the pressure is trusting God. Trusting God. I trust God. Let us say it. I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. Let's go back to 1 Peter 5. And we'll start at verse 5, but you know where I'm going. I'm going to verse 7 again. Likewise, you younger people, Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Submission is humility. Submission to one another in him is humility. Esteeming the other higher than ourselves is humility. And it pleases God because we see here, for God resists the proud, but gives grace, grace, mercy, bountiful forgiveness. Grace to know that I'm right before him on the basis of the blood of Christ. Grace to know I'm born of his spirit. Grace to know because I'm born of his spirit, I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I have overcome all that is in this world. So why take the care? 
Grace is bestowed upon us to those that are in him, to those that submit to his way of life, which is his word. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Trust him. Trust his word. That's one way we humble ourselves, is we forsake all carnal, try to figure out moments. Opposition, opposition, opposition. Always opposition. How do I stop the opposition? Shut it down in your mind. No more opposition. (laughs) I'm above. I'm above. I'm from God. I'm from God. And if you're born again, you are from God. And to be born again, we come to the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us to die on the cross so our sins be forgiven forever. So grace be bestowed upon us to be called now children of God because we believe what he has done for us. Now we are born again. By faith we believe. The Holy Spirit is given to us to convict us, to lead us in this way of life in this way of conviction of the only way that is Jesus, the only way that is the Word of God. And that looks like refusing to worry. That looks like not taking the pressure to take on the care and to resolve your little issue in your carnal little ways. So we go back to verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. His hand is mighty towards you today. His hand is not too short to save your moment today, to rescue you again and again and again and again. That he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting, casting, and we'll leave that word is to throw, casting all our care upon him. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This verse can never get too old for us. For he cares for me. For he knows my moment. He's for me. And his grace is bringing an exaltation to my spirit man to trust him alone. To withstand that foul spirit that is in the world. To withstand it steadfast in the faith. And not to bow the knee to opposition. Not to bow the knee to the way of the world. And forsake the one who's paid the ultimate price for you and I. The Lord Jesus Christ through his blood. But to the very end, to come back to this verse, that I am to cast all of my cares, all of my cares upon him, upon him, upon him, the one, the one that died on the cross, the one that is no longer on the cross, the one that went down to the pit of hell and defeated every power and principality, the one who shut the devil down, the one who pronounced victory over death in the grave. Jesus, and rose again. I am, I am to cast all my care on the one who's ascended on high and sits at the right hand 
at the right hand of God, my heavenly Father. And where he is, I'm to cast my care on him because I'm in him now. I'm in him now. I am born again. I am an offspring of the living God by faith because I believe that he cares for me. Cares for me. And because of what I just said, Paul's, sorry, Peter's continuing. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, though defeated, though pronounced that his power over the one that's born again is rendered to naught. And yet, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour through deception, may I add. Through the pressures of life, the cares of the world. So when I say, do not take the pressure, I am tying it to this verse. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Resist him, this is in verse 9. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so we have for a few weeks camped here. We'll continue to do so as he leads. From here, let's go back to Matthew 6, where we were prior to coming to this verse a few weeks ago. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord today. What has he done for us? Everything. He's given us a living hope. He's given us brand new life. He's given us, he's given us dominion over anxiety, dominion over cares, the pressures of life, dominion over worry, dominion over every foul weapon that's formed against us in the body of Christ. Dominion to overcome, to overcome. Don't ever lose sight of your agency of authority that you have in Christ. Don't, don't just lie under the circumstance and let it devour you and destroy your faith in God to steal the word of God as we've been over the weeks looking from Mark and Luke, Matthew, the sower, Jesus sowing the word in our hearts and the enemy immediately coming to steal the word. Immediately. He comes to steal this confidence that the word has produced in God. Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore I say to you, Jesus is speaking to us. The living word is speaking to you and I today. The living word is speaking to you and I today. I say to you, he says, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. One way you refuse to take the pressure is look at the birds of the air. Look out. The birds of the air. And they'll minister this grace of God. That he's for you. 
that he cares for you, that he's trustworthy for you to cast your care on him. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap. What do they do to earn his grace? What do they do to earn this life that God has given them? What do they do for that provision that God has set apart, aside for them? What do they do? They trust their creator. They trust their creator. God is our creator. God is our heavenly father. He is trustworthy. He is faithful to his own. He's a heavenly father. And with him, there's no shadow of turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he says to us to look at the birds of the air, then we do that because it's a message of freedom from the chaos that worry produces in our mind. Worry produces chaos in our mind. That's how the word is stolen from us. It's confusion. And we revert back to our old carnal ways, how it used to be, how we see everyone else doing it. God says, look at the birds of the air for neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not, are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. <laughs> Grace is given to us by looking at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, this is Jesus speaking to us. The word that was with God in the very beginning. The word that is God is speaking to us. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field. Do you know God clothes the grass of the field? Do you know God clothes the grass of the field and he feeds the birds of the air? Do you know that? Well, if you know that, then you can take a refuge in that truth. But if he does it for them, he's doing it for you. He's doing it for you. If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, he continues, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? How do you take the pressure by saying from this place of worry, what am I going to do? How? Why? When? What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? How do I defend for myself? How do I look after my own self? How do I explain myself? All of these are worries. And he says to us, if you catch yourself in these moments, it's what I do. I look at the birds of the air. The lilies of the field. 
that he clothes. So he says, do not sing. What are we saying? Because out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is always speaking. And so we'll know what we've been meditating, whether fear, anxiety, worry, having taken a care, by listening to our own conversation with another. And that is not to speak, but it should be a measuring stick to take us back into this scripture of, wow, I need to renew my mind to trust the living God. Wow, I've strayed away from confidence in God. Wow, I've let go of the word. The confidence I had in the very beginning. What do you do that about? Are you content for truth? No, I'm not going to worry. No, I'm going to cast this scare on the one who cares for me. Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, all these carnal things, survival, provision, validation, beauty, to be arrayed in beauty, after all these things the heathen seek, the Gentiles seek, for your, fa your heavenly Father knows, He knows, He knows that you need all these things. He knows what you need. All these things He knows that you need. And in Christ it's been provided for. The life that is from above, that is fully sustained by our Heavenly Father. The word that's been given to us that we have hidden our heart. Lest we sin against our Heavenly Father. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God. Honor Him today and His word. How do we do that? By believing what He says to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own self. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's go to John 15. And I want to really, in this message, Come to the place to realize that I have been purposed by God to live in this hour. That it's not a coincidence that I have to live in a world uh, in the state that it is at right now. That is screaming, fear, anxiety, to take the care. And to be like the heathens, like the Gentiles, and to run after all these things and forsake the seeking of the kingdom of God. John 16, I've read this in this, in this series, I can say, of teachings on not to worry, but I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. Sorry, John 15, John 15. Let's go to 13. Greater love. This is the chapter of abiding in him and allowing his word to abide in us. Greater love has 
no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, Jesus says, I've made known to you. We've been given the right to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You did not choose me, and this is really where it comes to for me in this message. You did not choose me, Desi, or you can put your name there. Jesus speaking to us saying, you did not choose me, but I chose you, appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. We are fashioned to manifest the kingdom of God on earth right now. Right now, we have been appointed to shine our light into a very dark moment. He said, you did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you, that you, you, the listener, the one he's speaking to, and, and, and we have ears to hear him say it to us. If you're hearing it, if you are in his body, today you have ears to hear him. And we pray for those that are not in the body of Christ at this moment, that their eyes be opened up to the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that blinders fall off of them. So they too can hear this merciful, beautiful, grace-filled word that he did not, sorry, we did not choose ourselves. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you Appointed you, we've been appointed, positioned, placed. We are made for right now. Not to be victims, but to display the power of the gospel of Christ. Right now, we have an appointment from our Heavenly Father to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the blind eyes. To heal the sick. To release them from this oppression. They're so landed in this world. In this world. That Satan is behind all of it. The oppressor. The blinder. The twister. The killer. The destroyer. But we in Christ say no, no, no. We advance the kingdom of God because we have this assurance and confidence. It's my father's good pleasure. I have an appointment because of this hour and it is to go into all the world, can I say, and proclaim this message of freedom in Christ, of eternal life assured in heaven forever. Of an ability as we become yielded to this process of transformation 
from mind renewal to display the manifest glory of God on earth. My, oh my, oh my. We are the shining ones that radiate the glory of God wherever we go. And yet there is opposition. So what? We don't take the pressure of it, but we're going to walk as the giants of the land and say, no, this is working for me. A far greater weight of glory. No, I refuse to fear. I refuse to conform to the world and just subdue another worldly carnal moment. By what? Taking the victim mentality. No, I stand for Christ. How do we do that? How do we stand for Christ? By having meditated this word. And this word now is our discerner. This word now is the weapon of my eye gates and my ear gates. And that which I say, his word keeps me. Back to that verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, Jesus says, he may give you. Read that again. He knows all the things you need. How are you before him? In truth. In truth, worshiping, worshiping him in spirit and truth. That whatever you ask the Father, in my name he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And then he talks about, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world... The world would love its own. <laughs> yet, 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 because you are not of the world. Do you not, do you know? Do you know you're not of the world? Because you're not of the world. We're not to think as the Gentiles think and say, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Mm-mm-mm. What do we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you. Here we come again. But I chose you. There is rest in this word today. You are chosen by God for right now. Your place right now is to be found in this mind renewal by the habitation of you staying in the Word of God. As Paul pleaded in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you, brethren. What was his plea towards the brethren? That we not be conformed to this world that we're not of, but to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we present our bodies as living sacrifices to the living God. That we honor Him in our thoughts, in our bodies, in our ways. 
as we grow up in him from glory to glory, which is by his spirit. For we know by worrying, we can't add a single statue. We can add nothing to ourselves. So why worry? Yet because, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Glory be to God. He chose me out of the world. I'm in him now. I'm in him far above this worldly situation. Far above the world's system. I chose you out of this world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But it, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now, but now, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened but this happened that the word might be fulfilled. Jesus saying this persecution that came on him that's going to come to us. This happened that the world might be fulfilled. The word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hate me without a cause. I'll tell you one thing, the plans of God are being unveiled in this hour. Fear not of what it might seem over there that maybe you think that the enemy has an upper hand. Absolutely not. The enemy has no upper hand. He is fully defeated. Let's go to Isaiah. I was actually reading Isaiah in chapter 14 and just reminding myself of spiritual reality. Because we have to daily remind ourselves of who we are and, and whose we are and where we are seated and who's under our feet. This is Isaiah writing chapter 14, verse 12. Glory be to God. How you've fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How he's fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you're cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will send into heaven. No matter what he says, it comes to naught. Here we see it, how it came to naught. No matter what he speaks to you today, you bring it to naught by saying, no, it's a lie. I don't believe a lie. There's no lie in the truth. I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Oh, wow, wow, a lofty place the enemy wants and still wants. A lofty place in your heart. Through accusations, arguments against the word of God, your moment is to cast them down. Be vigilant and sober over those thoughts that assail your mind. 
Because once again, he'd want to devour a hell by bringing himself above the knowledge, your knowledge of the word of God. He can't put himself above God. He's fully defeated. But he has a desire for you to bow the knee to the fear and the torment he sends it your way. And so here Lucifer said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. This is what the devil is after every pulpit. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farther side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, he said in his heart. Yet you shall be, this is what God says right back to that foolishness of a thought process, of self-exaltation, pride and arrogance. I'll take care of myself. I'm going to sit at the head of the congregation. I'm going to parade my little self. I'm going to prove how good I am. Absolutely not. We are of God. We're clothed in humility. Submission to him and one another in the body of Christ. This is what God speaks to this arrogance that was found in Satan's heart. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Verse 15. You shall be brought down to show down to hell you go. The lowest part of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you. They'll gaze at you at, at, at your no stature. And say to you, my, consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Is this the one that shot those fiery darts at me and made me tremble? Who shook the kingdoms? Is this the one that shook the kingdoms? It means he does have a potential to shake you up. He does. How? But you're taking on the lie. Of course, he's like a roaring lion. Resist it, steadfast in the faith. How? By putting up the shield of the word of God, faith. Faith in God, in that which he has said to you and I through his word. Saying, what were they saying when they looked at this fallen agent that God had created Lucifer those who see you will gaze back to verse 16 they'll gaze at you and consider you saying is this the, the man who made the earth tremble who shook kingdoms who made the world as a wilderness oh my my who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities who is behind this destruction who is behind making your life a wilderness don't say I'm in the wilderness again who is making you go there it's not God not God here I go around the mountain again such religious talk unfortunately in the body of Christ shut it down you're of God you don't have to go around another mountain you are on top of it far above powers and principalities Mind renewal, back to the word of God, that you are of God, have overcome them. Yes, we've all stumbled. Yes, we've all stumbled. We've all walked in dismay for a season. 
But hey, 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 we come back to this word and remind ourselves who is for us. We're born of God, born of his spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Otherwise, you can't understand the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God. Well, we are born again. We understand the ways of God now. And with each, with each level of mind renewal, transformation, we understand better his word through revelation. Light is given to us through the entrance of his word. To know him, to know him, our living God, and to resist this devouring entity, Satan, steadfast in the faith. Because here, verse 17, when they gazed at his fallen state, Satan's fallen state, they say, is he the one who made the world as a wilderness? Verse 17 and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. He holds people captive. And there is no release of captivity through his hand. You have to, you have to stand up and walk out. Fight this fight of faith. Stand in the liberty of Christ. Get up, get up. Anastasis, resurrection. Get up and walk out from among the dead. Get up and walk from the dead. Get up. You and I have to get up because he got up. Jesus resurrected. And in his resurrection, we have been resurrected to a place that is far above. Given newness of life to believe on the one who died for us. Verse 18, all the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory. Everyone in his own house, but you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch regarding Satan, like the garment of those who are slain. It's who Satan is. Who Satan is. He's not that crafty. Yes, he is to the carnal man. But the, the man that's born of the Spirit, there's no craftiness. We have the mind of Christ. And this mind has overcome every lie and every temptation. The mind of Christ. So knowing you're born again is your victory. For as many as believed who he is. In John, keep your eyes on Isaiah. Quickly go to First John. I've read this verse many a times. It just comes... Before my sight, I have to read it. First uh, John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he? This is it. Who is he who overcomes the world? But the one, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You believing that Jesus, the Son of God, puts you, puts you far above the adversity. Far above this lying creature, Satan. That when they looked on him, say, you are cast out of your grave, though the kings of the nation sleep in glory. 
everyone in his own house, but you are cast out of the grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with a sword, thrust through with a sword, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Jesus, the Word of God, defeated him. He's been thrust through with the sword of God. who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse trodden underfoot. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed your land and slain your people. The brood of evildoers shall never be named. Prepare slaughter for his children because of the iniquity of their fathers lest they rise up and possess the land and fill the face of the world with cities. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Never mourn over your own. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. And then God pronounces the ultimate destruction of Babylon. That we also see in the book of Revelation. And then pronounces the destruction of Assyria. And I love this pronouncement here over Assyria. And that's why I came really for this portion here. Oh, Lord, glory be to God. Give him glory today. Who is your God? He's the champion. And he in himself has made you a champion, an overcomer. So you don't take the care. You don't take the pressure. And cave in and walk away from your confidence in the word of God. Here in, in, in the same chapter of Isaiah, verse 24, the Lord of hosts has sworn Ha ha, come on now. The Lord of hosts has made a pronouncement. The way he's made a pronouncement over you in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, that you're ever before him, fully accepted before him, in love. Well, here we see another pronouncement. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, God says. That which he has thought, it will come to pass. Become confident in the plan of God for your life. Become confident in the call of God to be his alone. It will come to pass. Press through. Persevere. Undergo transformation. Is it easy? No. To the, out, to the outer man, it's pure crucifixion. It is speaking on the cross daily, but I'm telling you to inner man, it's glory. Glory. Stature in the spirit to say no to devour. Come on now. It's worth it. Far greater way to glory. Hey, hey, hey. We win. We win. We gain Christ every day. This victory of God every day. What has God said here? Surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. And as I have purposed, so it shall stand. As he has purposed, so it shall stand. Why do nations rage? Psalm 2. And plan these things, vain plottings. In vanity they plot against God and his anointed. We're part of that. We're in the body of Christ, his anointed. What does God do in response to that? He sits in the heaven and he laughs because he knows as you and I ought to know and sit in the heaven with him and we laugh. 
Laugh over what? There are names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Pure joy divine. That's what Jesus told the disciples. Don't, don't glory that the demons submit to you. Of course they do. But glory that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Eternity assured. Oh, eternity assured. He, he says, as I have purpose, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Then his yoke, his yoke shall be removed from them, his burden removed from their shoulders. 26. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed. And who will annul it? Who will annul it? Who will annul it? No one. God says that which he has thought, it will come to pass. That which he has purposed, it will stand. But in his stands, you stand now. This is not to make you just, oh, God's God. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be like the world. I don't like persecution. No, no, no. I'm not reading this to put you at ease. Like, you know, you do nothing. You just mingle with the world. No, I'm reading it to bring up this desire to withstand the death steadfast in the faith because he is really fully defeated but you ought to still withstand him in the confidence that God's got it got what what does God have my life my life and my purpose that he has assigned me for, appointed me for, will come to pass. I say, cave not. Cave not to this torment of the mind. Cave not to these pressures of the devil to take on the care again and again and again and to worry again and again like it worked last time. It did not work last time. Like I said, it brings chaos to your mind. Confusion. Let's go back 26. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed. And who will annul it? His hand is stretched out. And who will turn it back? Come on now. Who will turn the hand of God back? The hand of God that's for you. And so I'll finish with this one note and I'm done. I'm done for today. Marilihasa. What a good day. Hey, hey, what a good day. Um, mm, 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 it's a good day. It's a good day. We are in God, in God's day. In God's day of dominion, we are. Glory be to God. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4. We've read this before, but hey, hey, hey. It's so fitting. That we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. Brings us back to who we are. That we are temple of the Holy Spirit. And we're to be very careful with whom we join ourselves to. 
Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God according to his perfect purpose, this divine appointment, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us, not how I think my life's supposed to go. We are hard-pressed on every side, pressure everywhere. It's common to all men, Peter told us. These temptations, they come our way. The brethren is undergoing it. All of us are. Doesn't mean you just uh, give up. You withstand. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, not crushed, because God lives in us. We are perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed. Always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, daily picking up the cross of Christ, that the life of Jesus, this dominion life of God, the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Today, today we're made to manifest the life of God that is in this body. How? By resisting the cares of the world, by not taking the pressure, by saying, no, I am of God, and I have already overcome you pressure in Jesus' name. Hey, hey, we are done. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Amen.